Fans of our on-demand show, we now have a brand new daily podcast. We're calling it Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. Yeah, it's where we just talk about something else that didn't fit into the show. And sometimes we use naughty language. Yes! Not often, though, because it's naughty. Finally! Find it right now via the iHeart app. Just search for Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. My chance to work blue. press conference in Trump Tower. Did you or anyone on your campaign have any contact with Russia? And the denials were adamant. So it's it's with stories like this, with movements like this, that we have to go back and look at the narrative that they've been laying out over the last two years on this. Absolutely. But, but let's also be clear, take one step back here and say still no evidence uh, that President Trump was involved in this, right? This is talking about Trump campaign officials, etc. And number two, no indication yet that there was any direct contact with the Russians. That's Dan Abrams, legal analyst on ABC News, stepping in to rescue his co-legal analyst, who did what people do all the time. <laughs> and did it, I'm doing it on this story today. She, that woman there, she said, "We." I asked the president directly, has anybody in your campaign had any contact with Russia? And they said no. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about WikiLeaks. Right. He's being accused of talking to WikiLeaks. You just conflated WikiLeaks and Russia as if that's a given, and it's not. If it turns out to be, that's a story. Right. But that's not known at this point. But even you... then, what kind of story is the question? Sure. David Drucker covers, well, he covers everything that's important in the Capitol for the Washington Examiner. He's the senior political correspondent and joins us now. David, never a dull moment, huh? No, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out west, and I woke up, and my phone was full of up alerts, and uh, you know, here we go again with the story so, that never dies. So I want, I want a glimpse into David Drucker's life. So you, you wake up, you look at your phone like I did, you see all the news bulletins that came across. Roger Stone arrested. Did you sigh? Did you get excited? Did you put your head in your hands? What was your reaction? And my reaction was, is this going to get in the way of other stories I find more interesting, even though oh, really? this is a, this could be a very important story. Good one. Good one. Uh, Good reaction. Look, I, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think we're all pretty much used to this at this point. Although I will say the story in and of itself, the indictment of Stone, um, the fact that we think the individual he was communicating with was Steve Bannon. I think that's a, a pretty big deal. Oh, so the senior I, Trump official who told him, hey, call WikiLeaks, allegedly, hey, call WikiLeaks and see what they got, was Bannon. That uh, makes that's sense. That's what's being reported. Correct. Yeah, okay. okay. All right, fair enough. Um, and as always, the question that we try to ask to help clarify things for our listeners is, you know, does this go to being rude? Does it go to being clearly unethical? Does it go to violating campaign laws? Does it go to committing felonies? You know, and on cable news, they try to whip it up that everything's a felony. But if Stone called WikiLeaks, and forget about the lying for now, because it's not clear to me why he would have lied. But if he called WikiLeaks and said, hey, we understand you got some dirt. What kind of dirt you got? Is that a crime? Well, I'm not a legal analyst. So I'm not going to tell you it is or is not a crime because I'm not exactly sure, and I think it's a little complicated. Okay. I do think the political ramifications could be serious depending on 
what more comes out. But, I mean, let's think about this, right? Somebody who is close to the Republican nominee for president, who is working on behalf of, if not directly for, the Republican nominee for president, is talking to foreign, a foreign adversary of the United States, which WikiLeaks is and was and continues to be. Did we know that? Is, yes, we did, because WikiLeaks had already, during the Obama administration, leaked very sensitive materials, classified information that was very embarrassing and damaging to the United States and its work uh, around the world diplomatically and otherwise. Uh, and and they, they obtained the information basically illegally, and they used it simply to damage the United States. This is not like me having a whistleblower-type source in the United States government. They bring me information. I vet it. I talk to government officials about what this all means. There's a purpose here. You know, I've uncovered, you know, some wrongdoing or some, you know, you're not being honest about North Korean missile sites and all this sort of a thing. This was just cables and information of a sensitive nature between our Secretary of State and other officials and foreign officials and made it harder for us to do business overseas. It damaged the United States. That's what WikiLeaks has always been about. And so Roger Stone is working with an adversary of the United States that might have obtained information from another adversary of the United States, and he's using it specifically to damage the Democratic nominee for president. Now, there's nothing wrong with using opposition research to damage the, the opposition. We do all do that. I mean, meaning political operatives, right. both parties. Um, there's nothing new and nothing wrong with doing it. I mean, you know, other than some people have ethical qualms with it, but it's perfectly within bounds. But it's unusual, to say the least, to take information that may have been illegally obtained uh, from a foreign entity and, with, and then use that, wield that against the opposition. Okay. Well, uh, especially when, when adversaries don't, you know, it's not about, you know, winning an election. It's about damaging the United States. Uh, from the point of view of WikiLeaks, yeah, and, and Putin, if he was involved, David Drucker of the Washington Examiner is on the line. I just been trying to figure that this out. So, if if People Magazine, if if they found out People Magazine had some dirt on Hillary Clinton, and Bannon told Roger Stone, "Hey, you know the guy over at People Magazine, call him up and say say what's the dirt and when are you going to release it." The, the difference is, People Magazine is not a hostile actor. Correct, and People Magazine wouldn't say. I mean, I get calls all the time from, you know, political operatives. What do you have on my opponent? Well, I'm not going to tell you what I have unless I need you to comment on this. When are you going to release it? Well, I'm not a member of your campaign. I'm not going to strategically coordinate with you to defeat your opponent. You'll see what I've got when I publish it. If I need your comment, because that's part of my job as a journalist, I will call you, say I have information, I want you to comment. That's how this works. I will also give my the subject I'm writing about an opportunity to comment. Wow, Wikileaks that's interesting. My question would have been, journal- what's it worth WikiLeaks to you? WikiLeaks does not do journalism. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. WikiLeaks does not do journalism. Right, right. Fair enough. So, But again, it goes, is that just unusual? Is it unethical? Is it illegal or, or what? So it's, I suppose. It's very unethical and possibly illegal, but I do not know, and so I do not want to like, give you information sure. that could be wrong. Fair enough. Yeah, Absolutely. So just out of curiosity, what were what's a story you you have a great deal of enthusiasm for today that you'd really oh, like? I'm not gonna. In my world, it's fun, but I'm not gonna tell you just in case. You know, Roger Stone is listening from jail and then tells my uh, competitors, <laughs> and then they uh, beat me to it. <laughs> oh, so it's alert do- your, but I will alert you guys next week. Okay, oh, so you're you're working on a story. Developing. You think- 
that you think is bigger than this Roger Stone thing. Well, that's worth paying attention no, to. I said it's more important to me. It's oh, more okay. fun for me. Okay. Okay. I'm in this for I'm in this for myself. Is it? I uh, don't blame you. Is it Kamala Harris uh, 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 being an item with Willie Brown back in the day? Is that why no, you're on the working that beat? I am willing to stipulate that I am not writing about the personal life of any Democratic uh, presidential candidate, at least not at the moment. Fair enough. David Drucker, the Washington what? Examiner I'm, on the line. I'm struck by the fact that CNN had cameras at Roger Stone's house. Did the FBI leak to CNN, hey, we're going in, get your cameras there? Uh, Kate Bennett of CNN tweeted that the report, one of the reporters they have monitoring and covering the Mueller investigation noticed uh, some activity at the courthouse or the, at the grand jury or something yesterday and just had an inkling and decided to jet down to Florida. And I will say CNN has a very, very uh, big reporting staff and a lot of good reporters. And it totally strikes me if you're covering this every single day and this is your job, that these sorts of things sometimes do strike you and you, you do these sorts of things. So it's not necessarily, um, on you, you know, crazy that um, mm. a reporter had a good feeling and was in the right place at the right time. Okay. All right. David Drucker, senior political correspondent in the Washington Examiner. Thanks, David. Good to talk to you. Anytime, guys. Take good care. luck on that big expose you're working on then, the, uh, you know, the thing. So I think Julian Assange is an enemy of the United States. I've thought that for a long time. Yes. Um, Clearly. But all of the media hasn't thought that for a long time. No, indeed. When 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 he was exposing various things that a lot of the left leaning media uh, doesn't like. Exactly, he was a hero there for a he was while. A truth seeker, right? Right. Helping out poor Bradley Manning, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Please, James Comey made the point so beautifully uh, that. If you're helping them, uh, helping out uh, the left and their media, you're a hero. And if you're hurting them, you're a villain whose uh, every motive must be questioned. And if it changes next week, you're a hero again. So I just, yeah, yeah. But yeah, WikiLeaks is obviously an anti-American organization. Yeah, but they're not. Uh, they're not. Are they on a list somewhere as a? I don't know. That's an interesting adversary question. or something. Yeah, I don't. I will tell you this. I will repeat this. Since it's really in the nut graph, as we say in the, the news business, it's the beginning of what you ought to know. Roger Stone was indicted only for lying and allegedly tampering with a witness. Not for anything to do with hacking or talking to WikiLeaks or uh, reporting that John Podesto is an uh, ass or, you know, or any of that. It's just lying. Okay. And you'd think if they were going to go to his house and somebody, at least somebody local tipped off CNN. I, I'm sorry. I, I love David, but I do not buy that it was just a dogged reporting. I don't Wait a minute. It. There's a lot of action at the courthouse in D.C. I wonder if they're going down to Fort Lauderdale to let's, bust Roger Let's Stone. spend thousands of dollars to send a CNN crew down to Florida. Well, I have a feeling they have a stringer who just watches Roger Stone's house, um, you know, because they are such an avowedly anti-Trump network. But anyway, what was I, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, as long as the FBI and the Justice Department went to the trouble of gearing up and and pounding on his door and dragging him out of bed in his, you know, his, uh, his T-shirt and thong that he sleeps in, um, uh, you'd think they'd go ahead and, and indict him for whatever else was illegal while they were there. Right. Um, so it could be it's just lying. Where this ends, nobody knows. Hey, 
I'm exhausted up by it, but anyway. just saw the hell dot. Wells Fargo is waiving fees for furloughed federal workers, trying to get a good little good <laughs> press. <laughs> we haven't forgotten Wells no, Fargo. Yeah, good try. I'm nice of you to do that. Glad you're doing it. Nice thing to do. You're you're still a criminal organization, in my opinion. If you waive those fees for the next seventy five years, maybe that would equal the fees on various <laughs> accounts and right. cards that I never asked to have open for me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Can you? Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Tony Hawk is launching his own fashion line that will include hoodies, t-shirts, flannels, and carpenter pants. It's great if you love hearing your wife say, no, change. There you go. Surprised that hasn't happened already. Uh, So $250,000 bail? Is that what the judge just said for Roger Stone? He's uh, checking out the breaking news. So, Oh, yeah? He's going to be out and about. Mm. Danger to your children or something. Just go to the third grade class and start digging up dirt on them. Marshall Phillips will be out there on the playground we, whispering. You know what we got here, Johnny. Uh, I don't know. I hear he doesn't go to the John on his own. I hear he's got to have his mommy help him go to the party. Yeah, I'm just saying. And then he wanders off. Marshall Phillips will have the latest in the news on that whole thing. If you haven't been following, you know what we got to do this segment? Hmm. We got to replay the Ted. If you don't know who Roger Stone is, we got to replay the Ted Cruz. Thing in which he explains it. Then it gives it needs a little explanation, but yeah, all right. The, the great man from Texas. So stay tuned for that. Now sporting a beard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a great hue and cry arose late yesterday and through the night, um, which has reached our ears via social media primarily about a law passed in New York State and uh, under consideration, probably going to pass in Vermont. Which was, um, it's uh, it's called the Reproductive, Reproductive Health Act. It was blocked for years when Republicans controlled the state Senate. It easily passed both Democratic-controlled houses in New York. Um, it, I'm trying to find the specific wording. It, the bill maintains abortions as legal within 24 weeks of the start of a pregnancy. Roughly six months. That's too long. Um, yeah. Um, or, and here's the key phrase, which has earned it some headlines which are conceivably accurate, but absolutely undeniably intended to get your attention, which is New York has um, legalized infanticide. Up to the day before a child is born, it can be removed and murdered. Um, that's the, you know, the point of view from uh, pro-life folks who are really against this. The law says that Abortion is legal at any time when necessary to protect a woman's life or health. And I'll just tell you the key issue here that people are very, very concerned about is to protect a woman's health will be interpreted so broadly as to permit infanticide. And, you know, I'd like to read the law specifically because I don't want to be shooting off my mouth in an irresponsible way. My my feelings about later term abortions are uh, are are open and i am proud of them 
Um, well, I got to make it. It's, I, it's a child. Well, I got to make it clear. I, I, I've, I've hit these statistics over and over. I didn't look them up here, but similar to immigration, this is not a controversial subject. No, as, as controversial as abortion is, there are disagreements in the first trimester. Most Democrats believe you should be allowed to get an abortion. Uh, a majority of Republicans don't. After that, full agreement, right, left, and center. No. Right. Should not be legal. It's yep. not controversial at all after the first trimester. Look at the polling on it. Why our officials can't get the cojones to to pass legislation on that, I don't know. And and the ridiculous, well, if we give them, you know, if if we if we outlaw murdering children um uh at at, at six months, you know, they're gonna overturn Roe versus Wade, which is a ridiculous way to look at the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's the way the laws are in a lot of states now. Well, and at five and a half months, eighty percent of uh, babies could survive outside of the room, womb. Eighty percent, according to you know something I just read, um, which I assume is accurate. But incredibly troubling. You had your Doctor Gosnell story in Philadelphia. This monster was murdering babies. Um, he was performing illegal late-term abortions. How, how do you do that? What he did would be lawful under the New York law if they could make an argument that the woman's health was affected in a significant way. And again, I will tell you, I've not read the statute, and I'm not sure how restrictive it is, um, but it's uh, it's amazing. And, and it, this passed overwhelming majorities in both houses of the New York uh, legislature. Um, this question has plagued and, mankind for hundreds of years, probably thousands. And it's, and it's cowardice because they want to be seen as pro-choice. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get to the Ted Cruz, which is fun and funny, and we need fun and funny today. We do. We, we need will, it desperately. We will get to the Ted Cruz explaining who Roger Stone is. It What's involves co- a term that should never be spoken in polite society or impolite society. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, former Trump advisor Roger Stone arrested. He is in court. We will have a report from outside the courthouse. They refer to a guy like him as a rat blanker. Slowdowns at the nation's airports may be spreading, and Michael Avenatti's back in the news. Coming up. Oh, good. And Assange has spoken, so stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. And uh, so we're going to get the very latest. You said you come, came across a good... Rev, uh, uh, Revelation from a shocking and unique revelation about the whole Roger Stone arrest deal um, that I've only seen in one place. But it's an excellent point. If you don't know who from Roger, a surprising uh, source, if you don't know who Roger Stone is who was arrested. Uh, Ted Cruz will explain it to you coming up. <laughs> right now, the news with Marsha Phillips. A longtime Trump associate, Roger Stone, is being released on a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bond. After he was arrested by FBI agents in the early morning hours in Florida today, a federal indictment accusing Stone of making false statements, witness tampering, and lying to Congress. The bond set during a brief court appearance in Fort Lauderdale. Stone say is, that again. List that those things he's being indicted for. Right, making false statements, witness tampering, and lying to Congress. Okay, so no, none of those are uh, coordinating with a foreign adversary. 
Well, is the lying about talking to WikiLeaks? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to go on to say the case is related to Stone's alleged ties to WikiLeaks, which released the hacked Democratic emails during the 2016 presidential campaign. Remember, How- you can lie in Congress, but you can't lie to Congress. Seems fair, a free society, right? <laughs> However, the indictment does not accuse Stone of conspiring with WikiLeaks or Russian officials. Well, and yeah, I don't think uh, we we had David Drucker on earlier. Yep. He he's more comfortable than I am than than merging WikiLeaks and Russia together as if they're one entity. I'm I'm not sure you can do that or not. Um, Dan Abrams, the legal analyst on uh, Good Morning America, was was hammering the point uh, several times that. W- we don't have evidence that they worked with Russia, that they talked to Russia, right. just with WikiLeaks. Well, and So he apparently <sighs> is drawing a distinction between WikiLeaks and Russia. I think it's worth pointing out that we're not talking about, even if WikiLeaks were tied in some to some extent to the Russian government, we're not talking about the locations of American covert agents or our missile technology. We're talking about John Podesta saying, hey, I think we can screw Bernie out of South Carolina if we do this. I mean, we're not talking about national secrets. Hacking is uncool and it's illegal. But let's remember what we're discussing. Stone's uh, next appearance is going to be before a federal judge in Washington, D.C. to respond to the charges. Charges filed by the grand jury that's working with a special counsel, Robert Mueller. In other news, we have got some problems at the nation's airports. Air traffic control staffing issues from the partial government shutdown are leading to significant delays at airports in New York, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. And NBC uh, New York is reporting there's also some problems in uh, Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida. And all of these are beginning to have a ripple effect. Meantime, the Air Traffic Controllers Union is calling on the White House and Congress to end the shutdown, warning of an unprecedented safety risk. Hey, uh, getting back to the Roger Stone stuff a little bit, because the New York Post is out with some details from the indictment I hadn't seen anyway. In one message that has been released, I guess, Stone directed person number two, who they believe to be a New York radio host. Good morning, to pull a Frank Petangangli? Penangali. Oh, Penangeli. 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 It's from The Godfather, too. Right. I don't remember how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Pull a Frank Penangeli. That's a character who refuses to testify to Congress after mobsters bring his brother in from Italy to intimidate him, if you've ever seen The Godfather. Right, he's sitting there in Congress ready to spill his guts, then he looks out in the gallery, and there's his brother sitting next to a couple of goons. Then all of a sudden, he can't remember nothing. No, I don't think that happened. No, I don't remember nothing. And all the all the people who've been handling them are, are you know, their, their jaws drop. Quoting uh, Roger Stone here, Stone Wallet, plead the fifth, anything to save the plan. Okay. U.S. State Department is ordering all of its non-emergency employees to leave Venezuela. President Nicolas Maduro has ordered all the U.S. diplomats out of the country, but the U.S. has said it does not recognize any orders from Maduro. Republican Senator Marco Rubio had this to say about the situation. But if any harm should come to these diplomats from the United States, I want everybody to know that the consequences, I believe, from this administration that they'll impose will be swift and they'll be decisive. U.S. directive strongly encouraging American citizens who live in or are visiting Venezuela to consider leaving immediately. Okay, I have to go back to the stone thing again. Oh, yes, listen I'm, to you. You're as, obsessed. As I'm reading more of the quotes. This is getting Working pretty with good. Brian though. Williams. Yeah, go ahead. 
So the the radio host, this guy, he's caught up in this whole thing. He's being asked to testify to Congress. Uh, I just read you the part where... I'll be testifying to Congress right after traffic and weather together. Where Stone had told him, you know, Stonewall him, don't answer the questions. This guy pled the fifth, this radio host. Yeah. Uh, pled the the fifth caller. (laughs) Very funny. Uh, Here's your top five amendments I'll be setting this morning. Number one, number five. He pleaded the fifth to the House Intelligence Committee, and he texted Stone, you should be honest with the FBI about the WikiLeaks stuff. Stone fired back tests, blasting him. You are a rat, a stoolie. You backstab your friends, run your mouth. My lawyers are dying to rip you to shreds. Then he threatened that he would take take your dog away from you, referring to the guy's therapy dog, they think. Uh, the same day, Stone declared war by texting the guy, I'm so ready, let's get it on. Pre- prepare to die, blanker. Wow. <laughs> he texted. Oh, wow. What, a, what a cheery companion Roger Stone sounds like. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Wow. Well, that is witness tampering. <laughs> yes. If it's true. Well, yeah, I think Stone, I, I have no doubt Stone's in big trouble. Right. Yeah, whether or not the president's in trouble is the question. You know, Stone has been since the days of the Nixon administration. Yeah. Whereas, a, how old was he? He was like 20. Richard Nixon, the most powerful man in the world, knew his name. Think about that. Yep. You know, in, in, unless you're wielding a cigar and she's an intern and you're getting it on, there's no reason. For a president to know the name of a 20-year-old, unless it's a close relative. I have a 19-year-old interested in government. It would be astonishing if somehow that happened. Anyway, so this guy, he has a tattoo of Nixon on his back. He has been knocking teeth out and bloodying mm-hmm. lips, politically speaking, yep. since the early 70s. Yep. Okay? And, and that's not just a metaphor. He hurts people, and he does nasty stuff. He's a rat blanker. In the parlance of politics. Do we have Ted Cruz ready? It is a story that quoted one source on the record. Roger Stone, Donald Trump's chief political advisor. And I would note that Mr. Stone is a man who has 50 years of dirty tricks behind him. He's a man for whom a term was coined for copulating with a rodent. (laughs) Well, let me be clear. Donald Trump may be a rat, but I have no desire to copulate with him. You know, you're doing good (laughs) till you get to your punchline, Dad. It was just confusing. So anyway, yeah, the, the fact that he, uh, you know, there's some DJ or a host of some sort, and and he decided to scare him into compliance, yeah, that fits the character. By threatening to, to take his dog? But that's cold. Yeah. That's cold. I'm going to take your dog. You're going to take my dog? <laughs> there you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> no, the I'm ready to kill you stuff I get, but uh, you're threatening to take my dog? I'm so ready. Let's get it on. Prepare to die, blanker. He texted the dude. Wow. 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 That's an unsavory son of a gun right there. What it means to the Trump administration? I have a feeling not a ton. Now, Stone's lawyer is out with a statement saying that Stone didn't do any of those things. And as far as WikiLeaks, he forgot. He forgot that he talked to WikiLeaks. He talks to lots of people. It was a whoopsie daisy. <laughs> Again, look, he talked to WikiHow, he talked to Wikipedia, he talked to WikiLeaks, he got the ordered some wicks for some candles. He forgot about WikiLeaks. He's busy. Oh, WikiLeaks! Oh, oh with the guy with the embassy. And the, the, I was uh, thinking of something completely oh, different. Right. Yeah, I've talked to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is typical of Mueller. He has found almost no crimes that occurred before he was appointed special counsel. He was appointed special counsel to uncover crimes that had already occurred. He has virtually failed in that respect in every regard. Almost all of his crimes that he's indicted people for are crimes that resulted from his investigation false statements, tampering with witnesses, obstruction of justice. I went through today the list of all the people who had been indicted by Mueller, and it was very hard to find any American who had been charged with any crime that occurred before Mueller was appointed special counsel. That's really interesting stuff, and that's that's right. Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law professor, who's ended up being a, uh, you know, seen by some as a Trump supporter. He was a Hillary Clinton supporter. I mean, actually on cable news shows arguing for Hillary Clinton. Right. Yeah. Um, but he's a, as he just defines himself, a classic liberal. He's always been worried about prosecutorial, the power of prosecutors, mm-hmm. and, uh, and thinks they, they, they can, you know, create an investigation and then get you for things that are happening during the investigation, right. and that that happens all the time, and that we can't have that in America, or it's not good right. for our system. Now, this would take at least a semester-long college class to really explore this question, but the question is, to what extent are we cool with investigations that create their own crimes. Now, there were a couple, I'll point out, Paul Manafort and his financial misdealings were before the investigation began, but they were completely unrelated to the Trump campaign or colluding with Russia or anything like that. That's why he said almost no. Right, right, exactly. Um, You know, bring me the man, I'll find you a crime, is uh, you know an old saying that the despots use. And uh, you can't be lying to investigators... No, you see, that's the flip side of it. If you if you told the truth, would you would you avoid the problem? But if you gave me a half an hour, I think I could get anybody to lie, or or especially if I had several weeks of research about their lives and what they've done and not done, and and who they've talked to and the emails they've sent, I could get them to screw up. And it's in the eye of the beholder. Again, it would take many many months of philosophizing to get to an answer. At what point? Does researching someone's life, then grilling them about everything they've ever done and catching them lying about it, become persecution, not prosecution? Positive, Sean, you have something you'd like to throw in. Is there briefly? Any, is there any reason for me to believe that these charges that they are being indicted and brought in for mm-hmm. are the most serious ones that they have? Or there would, might be more. Or would this be kind of like a, a charge stacking thing where, hey, we got you on this. Here's what we really got you on. We need to start talking deals here. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that will would out. be, yeah, that'd be interesting. So here's uh, an interesting aspect of the indictment. Um, and it, it it's kind of, it, it's really good at illustrating who Roger Stone was in the Trump campaign because he'd been booted out after one month in October of oh, I'm sorry in 2015 because he couldn't get along with anybody in October 2016 this is the the eve of the election 
a reporter called uh, Trump. So, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, on October 3rd of 2016, Stone received an email from a reporter who had connections to a high-ranking Trump campaign official. Now, what that means, had connections to, that's a weasel phrase, and I don't really appreciate it. But anyway, um, he asked, and everybody's assuming Organization One is WikiLeaks. Okay? Just everybody is assuming at this point. So I'm going to fill in some blanks for you. He, The reporter asked Stone... Julian Assange, what's he got? Hope it's good. Stone responded in part, it is. I'd tell high-ranking Trump campaign official, which some people, David Drucker, thought is uh, is um, uh, da, 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 Bannon, Steve Bannon. So, uh, I'm sorry, I ought to fill in that blank, too. So, reporter says, Julian Assange, what's he got? I hope it's good. Stone responded, it is. I'd tell Bannon, but he, but he doesn't call me back. So, he can't even get a call back. From Bannon. He's leaving him messages. I'm guessing because Bannon... I got good dirt. I'm guessing because Bannon doesn't want to be that involved with Roger Stone. Yes. Yeah. Roger Stone, if you're not hip to... He's an unsavory character. He's a longtime you know, advisor to Trump and confidant. He is super crazy inside. He's magnificently knowledgeable about politics and how it really works and how oppo research works, and how manipulating the press works. He is an encyclopedia of political knowledge. He is also utterly without morals. Sure. He's one of those guys that I wish, you know, I don't know if they're capable, but of coming completely clean, doing a sit-down interview, writing a book, and just saying, look, you're all children. You have no idea the way this really works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, Let me explain it to you. Interestingly, when Lee Atwater, the um, infamous uh, dirty tricks political strategist guy back in the 80s, I guess, when he got brain cancer, he called a lot of people he'd wronged and apologized and told them exactly what he did. He wanted to get right with God, I guess, or he had a, he found his conscience or something. Um, that's, I think, as close as we've really gotten to a guy like that spilling his guts. But um, So he can't even get a call back from Bannon. To tell him, WikiLeaks has dirt! You gotta call me, Steve! But he won't call him back. So finally, when the WikiLeaks stuff gets dumped, allegedly, then Bannon calls him and says, So, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, so uh, what else do they have? And um, and Roger Stone denied then getting in touch with WikiLeaks and, and the Justice People Say Lied. But So once the initial dump happened on the day of the Access Hollywood tape with the uh, grab them by the meow, um, then Bannon allegedly was interested enough to call Stone back. That's that's what the, the feds are alleging. Hmm. So I, I'm telling you. That might be the greatest help Trump got. Because it's, it's unclear whether any of this WikiLeaks stuff, how many votes that changed. You know, finding out various things about Podesta and Cheat and Bernie or whatever. Who, right. who knows how many votes that changed. It's hard to say. The fact that the, a big WikiLeaks dump came out the day of the Access Hollywood story so lessened the impact of that some. Although, God, mm-hmm. I don't know. That was just, that was the story. That We're still talking about it. I remember that day. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember the WikiLeaks dump I re- that day. I remember the Access Hollywood story. Right, right. Um, uh, the other thing would be, I've, I've often wondered, if Trump would win re-election, and this time it would be, I hate to even use the term fair and square, because we don't know that he didn't win fair and square before. 
Um, that's the narrative of half the country. Well, but we're talking fair and square for politics. Well, yeah, by by yeah, what I've just described, uh, Barack does it, Hillary does it, but if George he, W. But if did he, it, but if he won, but if he got reelected, mm-hmm. would a lot of this go away? Just because, okay, well, not, everybody knew now what's going on, and there wasn't any of this going on, and he got reelected. So it'll go away the minute it stops being a good fundraiser for Democrats. As long as you can whip people up with it, it will endure forever. I mean, if he if he committed some sort of crime, you know, got phone calls between him and Putin, that's a different thing. That would never go away and shouldn't go away. Sure. If something like that was happening. But in, in terms of the talking about it being uh, unfair and cheating the election, if he wins, if he wins again without any of those things, mm-hmm. what would be the point? Well, which aspect of it would be unfair, like the uh, releasing some of the email stuff or, or delighting in the release of it or? Having Roger Stone call uh, Julian Assange and say, "How's Tuesday for you to release more?" Right. I mean, that's, uh, if, if, uh, if, yeah. Well, the one thing that I know for certain about political world and the internet culture is being gracious in defeat. I know that's very common in both those realms. But uh, so, yeah, if if he were to win again, I don't think his the people who don't like him would all of a sudden stop criticizing him. Or no, or, no, no. But the talk of the stealing the election, what would be the point if he got elected again? Yeah, in 2022, will they still be talking about 2016? Yeah, I well, just people still talk about Bush v. Gore and report and and repeat their own narrative about it. I'm not sure how you know useful it is to anybody, but people still talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, I I don't know. That would be. Don't you think that would be a different story if he had been a one term president? You would think he was only president because of that, because he got reelected. Well, I wouldn't think that, but people would say that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, old man Mueller. How long does it take, dude? I don't know. Finish your report and unleash it. I don't know. The closer we get to the election, which we're still a long way off, obviously, mm-hmm. but the closer we get to an election, the, the less comfortable it is him him releasing it, because then that is the story of the election. Right. Same as Comey coming out with the Hillary stuff. Right. So it, I don't know if he feels any time pressure, but it's less meddling with elect- an election the earlier he gets it out. Can you imagine Mueller going after guys like us, both of whom have somewhat faulty memories? Both of us? He could catch me, quote-unquote, lying half a dozen different ways, just because I don't remember. Of course, I'd remember talking to Julian Assange. <laughs> I would remember talking to WikiLeaks. Yeah. <laughs> about Wrong dirt on way. Hillary. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 